Hello, everyone, and we are so happy to be here with you this evening. And we are glad that you're plugged in because tonight is going to be very interesting. Uh, but first, we want to thank Janet Lee, my wife, for her incredible capability on the organ. I'm beginning to get more and more emails of people that are saying how much they enjoy her playing. And it really does uh, <clears throat> lift her spirit. I think that's great. Uh, thank you for that. So tonight, we are um, on the Mystery of the Time, number four. <clears throat> and um, I'm Jerry Lee, and I'm standing in for the Manifester. Well, um, there's so many things to talk about with this thing about time. It's such a huge subject. And I know that we probably will not be able to finish it tonight, or maybe even next week. But we will not be able to just keep going on and on with it at this time, you know, uh, for as long as it would take to really cover the subject. But um, we will have dug into it a lot by the time we get through another uh, another teaching or two. So um, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about the truth about time. The truth about time is something very, very important. Because if you don't know the truth about time, then it's very difficult to be able to have an honest assessment of what time is about. And there are so many different kinds of time. You know, there's your clock time, there's atomic time, <clears throat> and there's even um, abstract time that uh, allegorically is... Uh, uh, you know, abstracted uh, that has to do with certain impressions made by the genes. And it just goes on and on and on, all the subjects of time. Uh, there is religious time. Uh, that's a big one. And it seems that um, there are things that have happened over the many, many years of time that are so sad and so shameful as far as the religious aspect of it goes especially in the Western world and some of the uh, evangelistic uh, uh, fervor that gets uh, taught and stirred up uh, with the teachings of the apocalypse and the coming of the Lord and all those kind of subjects. I can remember uh, several years ago uh, when my um, brother's uh, wife, who is quite a religious person, quite a dedicated individual, going to this very large uh, charismatic church uh church was 3 to 5000 people and it was a very prominent well-known church and uh in a conversation with uh, her and my brother um she was telling me that um uh, uh they're thinking about selling out uh and getting rid of things because um uh of in the summer Sometime in the summer of that uh, year, uh, the church had predicted the coming of Jesus Christ. And uh, they had used this special calendar and all this special kind of figuring, and they were just absolutely sure that this event was going to take place. And I, I told her, I said, that will absolutely 100 million percent not happen. It will not take place because it's totally against the Bible. It's against the Bible because 
uh, Thessalonians tells us not to soon be shaken in mind, not to get excited, whether it's from an angel or from uh, you know other religious persons or, or or whoever it is, because there's a list of things that has to happen before that event can occur. And so I said, that is absolutely not going to happen. And there's not going to be some compression of time that allows it to happen in a few weeks because it's too big of an entry of the things that have to uh, uh, occur and and have to happen, uh, you know, prophetically and et cetera. Well, she just, you know, had a real hard time accepting that. My brother did not because uh, he... Uh, he wasn't into the idea of wanting to sell his house and all of his things and and then uh, you know give it to the church to uh to help the people that would stay behind uh to go through the tribulation and uh be there to help the people that had to go through the tribulation uh so anyway i i guess i had enough effect that i i talked them out of doing anything uh, my brother just absolutely put his foot down and said, it's not happening, I won't sign, and I'm not going to sell, and I'm not going to this. Well, fortunately, they did not, and and the time came of the date, and nothing happened. And um, <clears throat> then uh, there's just been so many of these. If you go back through history, so many of these predictions and so forth. Um, I have this one in my hand right now that, that was um, in... Uh, Oh, several, several, several years ago, um, this was a good-sized big church. Uh, they're big time uh, into uh, the Sabbath uh, doctrines and things like that. Not, not that there's anything wrong with that, uh, but they made the prediction that was based on the various Sabbath um, uh, festivals and 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 Sabbath uh, obligations according to the Bible. And, uh, and, you know, how many particular feasts, uh, of the, uh, feast of the trumpets, uh, there had to be, um, uh, to bring it to the year of completion. And when they put it all together, they made the prediction that on September 13th, 2007, that that would be, uh, the date of the coming of the Lord. And, uh, it, uh, of course, <laughs> that is long past and the Lord has not come uh they go further uh they have in big print here in one of these printouts that i have september 13 2007 the date given by yhwh that's the four sacred letters of the name and yeshua for the second coming so they really were emphatic about it and they thought it was going to happen but guess what it did not happen and uh, the truth about time is very important. And I think that in this day and in this age that we have going on right now, we just have literally hundreds and thousands of people that are in this fervor of making predictions about uh, the end of time, uh, the second coming of, of, of uh, Christ, uh, the tribulation, and a whole bunch of things like this. And... Uh, uh, as what I have read and the things that I have heard that most of these people are making are just absolutely incorrect. They don't have a Bible for it. They think, they really think that they have Bible. I've read some of the scriptures they give, and it's just almost, uh, it, well, it's very sad because they don't have the understanding of the word that they think that they have. 
and they have put together a gauge in their mental trip uh, based on a lot of old uh, doctrinal ideas that they have believed in as part of their religious uh, faith and, and tradition. And uh, and they've put that all together, and they just believe, well, now this has to be it. It, it uh, this this is surely it, and he, and the Lord is coming, and the tribulation is on the way, and the rapture is going to be here, and oh, on and on and on, and there's going to be these horrible things, and uh, you know, every time there's an earthquake, every time there's any uh, environmental uh, problem or or any kind of a riot anywhere in the world or a war in the world, well, there you see, this is the fulfillment of the 24th chapter of uh, Matthew and other scriptures that they give and and uh, and they're just you know they're just 100 percent wrong that's what it amounts to 100 percent wrong now if you uh, if you are of a person that you just need to believe those things uh, you you have the right to believe you know what you in your heart think is correct you just you just go right on believe what you think you need to believe because the bible does say let every person work out their own salvation with fear and trembling uh but i can assure you that you need not come to me and try to show me any scriptures uh because you would just be very uh disappointed and and probably in tears by the time you left when i begin to show you that those things that you are saying are just absolutely not bible not true not honest I remember once uh, there was this woman that was uh, just determined that she was going to talk with me and ask me questions, and it was about the rapture. And uh, I just had a feeling that it would probably be better not to really disclose to her uh, the the story of, of the rapture, uh, the way that you know I, I saw it in the in the Bible and in the truth of the Bible. Uh, and uh, but she was determined to you know tell me her story. And and um, <clears throat> so then uh, I had to, to tell her, uh, ma'am, uh, I don't want to hurt your feelings or put you down, but uh, that is not the way it's going to happen, and that is not what the Bible says. And by the time I gave her some scriptures, her face was nearly white, and she had tears coming down her cheeks, and she says, I don't care. I don't care if these things I'm saying are not even true. She says, I, I need the rapture. That's my support. That's That's my brace. I, I need the rapture to believe in to, so that I don't have to think that I'm going to have to go through the tribulation. And, and, I, and I don't want you or anybody taking away um, my, my rapture. Uh, even if, if I'm believing it wrongly, I don't want it taken away. And I says, well, you know, you just be comforted then. And, and uh, we were finished with that conversation. I was involved with another group, and uh, this minister... Uh, <clears throat> was asking me uh, some questions, and um, he was into, um, uh, I'm very careful not to, to name something, so I'm putting down any denominations, because I'm not into putting down denominations, but this particular person was into the different names of God, you know, and very emphatic about, uh, you know, what was the the most uh, important name or the only name, and, and uh, so uh, when he was done, and he says, now, I want to know what you have to say about that. I says, well, you know, if you're if you're happy and satisfied and confident in what you believe, uh, then maybe you should just you know keep that keep that uh, uh, as you know your your sacred truth. No, he says, I came here today to find out what you have to say about this, and I would appreciate it if you would tell me. I said, well, okay, I will. And so I started going through the scriptures and telling this to him, and he got 
his blood pressure went up, and he got so upset. And he says, I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. He says, Jesus Christ is greater than God. Jesus Christ is greater than God. And I thought, oh, my God, how mixed up this poor fellow was. He'd been saying Jesus Christ was God. Now Jesus Christ is greater than God. Uh, <laughs> and some of his followers that happened to be along with him were had their heads bowed, and they're sort of shaking their head. And I tried real fast to get everything just dismissed and let them go their way. <clears throat> My purpose is not to hurt any of your, you people out there. It's not to... Uh, try to get you to join an organization that I have. I don't have an organization for you to join. I'm not building the church for you to join. I have no uh, vows that you have to take to be a part of my teachings. You can go to church anywhere that you feel led to go to church, and you can believe what you want to believe. I have these things that I have received as truth, and uh, I am sharing them with people that want to hear. Uh, if there's anyone out there that is offended by it, I'm very sorry for that. It's not our intention. And it's not our intention in any way to put anyone down on their religious belief. But I do have to make a stand <clears throat> because the Bible is being minimized and the Bible is being put in a bad light uh, with a lot of the doctrines that are are being taught, <coughs> excuse me. And I, I'm a defender of the Bible. I love the Bible, and I'm defender of Jesus Christ, my Lord, my Savior, and and uh, I, I love Jesus Christ. I I I love him, and uh, I will defend uh, those articles of of my faith and my heart. Uh, to the last atom in my body and the last breath in my body. Um, and I will do it in the spirit of love. Uh, but I, I just want you, know, you to understand that as we're talking about this time, and we get into some very interesting, powerful things here. Uh, you, you just need to know that as sort of a foundation. Now, <clears throat> Jesus said something once, that so perfectly goes along with the book of Revelations. Uh, the, the book of Revelations and the, the second chapter of Revelations says something that uh, should not and must not be missed by anyone that really expects to be able to understand, uh, you know, the book of Revelations. And it's in the first chapter of the book of Revelations. And God is directing um, uh, John uh, through an angel, and he says, write the things which you have seen, that's past, and the things which are, that's present, and the things which shall be hereafter, that which was, that which is, and that which is to come. These are the things that you are to write about. And what are they about? Well, they're about the mystery of the seven stars, which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks, and the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. And so we have this incredible revelation in verses 19 and 20 of, of Revelation uh, chapter 1. And it is a direction of how that he is to write. You're not just to write about 
the day that you think something is getting ready to happen or the things that are happening right now. Uh, the Bible tells us in, in Ecclesiastes that God requires that which is past. And and we have to have an understanding of those things which are past. If we don't have an understanding of that, then it is going to be near impossible for people to have a scope uh, as to as to the the real happenings of the present uh, present time or the future. And the instruction that is given is to write it, and of course that includes the saying it, because that's all part of of the of the whole scenario. So uh, as we we think about that. It is it is absolutely uh, prevalent uh, for us to realize that if we don't have an understanding of not only who Jesus Christ is, but he said he's the root and the offspring. And as I started to say, Jesus said something absolutely incredible that so goes along with this uh, reading I just gave you in Revelations. When he was talking before the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he said, before Abraham, I am. Now, some people say, well, he, he just doesn't have his uh, his verbs in the proper place there. It's just a strange way of talking, sort of uh, borrowed off of the uh, translation from the Greek into, into the English. But um, <clears throat> I think that this was beautifully uh, and... and uh, uh, it was beautifully and and intentionally created in that kind of wording because it says so much. Uh, for a person to be standing on the earth at the, at the present time and then say, before Abraham, not that I was, but I am, connecting in such an alignment of his presence, uh, not only being right there, right there at that time, uh, but also being back in that time of the past and being connected with it in a state of of presence that was omnipresent. He was, he was there, he was here. And someone says, yeah, but that time was already past. Well, is it past? Does time really, really pass? Uh, what What is the residue uh, of time? of the events of time uh, that that are in a, a cyclic uh, loop, that that uh, when they pass from you, it doesn't mean that they have disappeared or evaporated or ceased to be, but they are just in a transitional state, just like when you boil water and it becomes vapor and it, and it sends upward and, and sort of drifts off in the air. Uh, it, it still exists, and at some point it will come back down in the form of water. So those understandings are relevant to time. Uh, these transitions of time uh, all are very, very important to understand in, in the sense of, uh, you know, uh, uh, the various uh, accountability of time. And the Bible talks about accounted time. Uh, there has to be time that is, that is not worthy to count. The Bible says, I will restore unto you the years that the cankerworm and the caterpillar have eaten. But uh, that is great, except you may not want all of those years to be restored. They may be uh, years that uh, <clears throat> you had some 
terrible experiences, uh, faultful experiences uh, based on your own guilt and, and, and misconstrued ways of doing things. And those particular years uh, that, that, you, that were lost, uh, possibly because of, of those misconstrued things that you did, <clears throat> would uh, be brought back to you if you ignorantly uh, just go out there and say, now, Lord, you said you would restore to me the years that the canker worm has eaten. <clears throat> Chances are, you know, some of that stuff was rotten or the canker worm wouldn't have bothered with it. Uh, and, and you just need to understand that not everything that is something that you have lived in the past is definitely something that you want restored. You, you have to have an understanding, and that understanding, you know, has to have uh, an accountability to it, uh, has, has to have um, a reference of time and, and place and space, has to have uh, a reference as to which part of that time that has passed that you want to really recall. And, and so then having the instructions of what to recall and what not to recall is absolutely, absolutely essential and important. And so we want to teach people, you know, uh, that someone who says, well, you know, I've just been out here just laying hands on people and praying, casting out devils, and I've been doing this and doing that. And, and I say, oh, well, uh, that's what God has told you to do. You know, and he says, well, what about you? Aren't you doing that? And I say, well, uh, you know, I'm not... I'm not too much into the laying on of hands uh, now because God has moved up to a, a higher a realm, in my opinion. What could there be a higher realm than the laying on of hands? Well, the Bible says the day will come when you'll neither worship in, you know, this mountain or the other mountain uh, that are sort of contrary in doctrine to one another, but you're not even going to be involved in those kind of church tabernacle uh, religious uh, uh, differentiations because the day was going to come in which you're going to worship in the in 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 the spirit and in truth, and and so it is so important to understand that uh, a lot of the ministry that I do, like with this Gentile generative touch, is spirit to spirit, my spirit to your spirit, overshadowed with the Holy Spirit. And and uh, it's it's a it's a spirit to spirit ministry instead of a of a uh, flesh to flesh ministry, and uh, it ha it has has a very important relevance as we are moving into the, this uh, new age of endeavor, new age of revelation, and uh, this this new age of uh, synchronizing ourselves into the alignments with God. So. It's an exciting time, but we have to be very careful because you see the, in the one, one scripture that says, you know, they went out and they were laying their hands on the sick and that's great. And I believe that. And I believe that there is a time and a purpose, you know, and I believe that's something, <clears throat> something you can still do. But I also know that there's another scripture and we have to, we have to take all scripture with all scripture. Uh, we don't just pull out a little piece that we want and make that force that to fit the puzzle that we want it to fit. Uh, the Bible says, lay your hands suddenly on no one or no man. Lay your hands suddenly on no one. This isn't something you just go out there and just anybody and everybody, uh, you know, uh, I, I've known people that go out there and they're laying their hands on people and casting out demons and the demons come out of, out of that person and go, go into them or go into other people. Uh, I, you know, the people that are out 
here casting out demons and 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 I do believe that's relevant and something that that can be needed. I don't think that just everybody in the whole world has a demon in them, uh, and these people that are just casting out demons uh, night by night out of every uh, member of their congregation and and they just do it night after night uh there's something uh, deadly wrong in that scenario. Uh, you know, the, the, the whole church needs to get down on a constant uh, uh, condition of fasting and, and knee bending uh, and find out what uh, what is going on, why these uh, these uh, demon traffickers are just being able to come and go based on how the preachers ca- continuously casting them out or you either find out, well, what, what what's this preacher saying or, or trying to claim uh, if if he can't cast them out and it be a, a for good thing, uh, then uh, maybe you're better off uh, because we know one example in which the demons were cast out, and uh, and then there was nothing uh, of uh, an important nature done to change uh, the the furnishing of the inner uh, person of that being who had those demons cast out, and the demons came back and they brought other demons with them so that the the next uh, demonic infestation became great than the one before they were cast out. Uh, so we've got to be careful uh, about all these kind of things, that we know what we're doing before we just go out here jumping around, making predictions about things that you really don't know about, that you think you know, but you really don't, uh, laying your hands suddenly on people uh, when you really don't know what the situation of that person is, and and, and uh, casting out demons uh, when you're not directing them uh, where to go. Uh, you know, you, you, you've got to make sure that you're not allowing them to slip out of one person in your congregation into another and, and maybe even uh, uh, causing a suicidal condition to occur. Uh, pe- people need to look at these things in a serious light, and it all has to do with time. Time, time is such a factor because it, it's all tied together uh, in alignment. And, and uh, these things of alignment are so very, very real and and uh <clears throat> coming before abraham i am uh that is probably you know there's many things that you could say like uh, you know job 38 you know uh before before the earth was created i am uh before there were mountains or streams before there 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 were valleys uh before the sun and the moon was in place before the earth was a planet i am uh, you, you could say that, and it would be true, but it'd be so important to have the relevance and the connection and the alignment of it as you did say those things, and then as you were able to put those uh, truths in perspective, uh, that would cause um, uh, a, a very positive uh, accounting that would become a verification in you uh, to that alignment, and the whole thing then would take on a disposition uh, of of uh, manifested reality. So uh, it's 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 just that one thing many many times follows another. In Exodus 23:15, it talks about in the appointed time. That's another thing. Ask of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. We've got people asking for things from God uh, just at any moment that they feel the fancy to do so. And, and, and then they don't receive and then they're angry at God. Or other people are, are really, uh, miscued and they, 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 they feel like, well, you know, this, these prayers, they're not working. There needs to be an explanation about your prayers. 
if your prayers are expected to be miracle prayers and people are expected to instantly be healed when you pray, uh, then <laughs> that's one thing. But if you're telling people, you know, that that uh, we will pray and it's in the hand of God uh, and uh, we will we will trust God for this and whatever time that is necessary is in the hand of God. Then uh, you've appropriated uh, your uh, acts of, of uh, dispersal of faith uh, and, and people understand and they don't all of a sudden feel like uh, that you claim to have something that you don't. We, we need to put our feet down uh, on solid ground on these things of presentation and how we present something. And, and uh, you know, ask of the Lord rain in the time of, the, of latter rain. And, and there is an appointed time for things. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, people are not ready. They're not ready to receive, uh, you know, an, uh, knowledge, or they're not ready to receive uh, a, a baptism experience or, or a, a healing, or, or uh, uh, they're not ready to receive salvation. Uh, they have to uh, get into a place where their heart is, is uh, tender and, and where they are ready to make a commitment. Uh, you don't want people just getting up and saying, yes, I accept, I believe. And they say, oh, praise God, brother. Well, now you're born again. Uh, I think that has created a lot of, uh, of people uh, who later reflected back and felt like they really, nothing ever really happened to them. And if that's what being born again was, well, uh, it, it really didn't do anything for them. And the effect of the, the tremendous, wonderful uh, experience was lost because they were just improperly led. And we, we just need to look at these things and, uh, you know, consider them in the most uh, honest uh, aspect of it. Uh, we know that um, uh, we talked in the while, a while back about how even the devils, uh, when Jesus cast uh, came before them to cast them out, said, are you going to torment us before our time? They recognized that there were time uh, uh, zones and time episodes. Uh, that doesn't mean uh, that there cannot be someone as Paul who said he was as as a person who was born out of due season or the time of the fig tree that Christ expected it to bear fruit in a time that it wasn't even uh, the nature's time uh, to bear fruit. It would have had to been a spiritual uh, example. And And this maybe doesn't exactly just fit here anywhere, but uh, it was a note that I have, and I feel it's something about uh, prayer. Uh, you know, Jesus said, don't do repetitive uh, prayers like, you know, the Pharisees and Sadducees do, where they just keep repeating the same prayer over and over and over and over. Uh, when you do that, it's like that you really didn't expect uh, that God heard you the first time, or or that if you did expect it, you feel that you have to keep praying that every time because he may not be able to remember that you asked him yesterday uh, to heal your your uh, your someone in your family or to save someone or redeem someone or protect someone, and you just keep asking it over and over and over. It doesn't mean that you can't uh, get into it, uh, you know, and 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 that it can't be repeated. Uh, uh, you know, more more than once or different times, but but uh, God is, I believe, very bored with people that just keep uh, repeating the same thing over and over and over. It becomes stale, and uh, I just throwing that in as we're trying to talk here today about 
bringing people into a process of time and into an understanding uh, of how that there is an appointed time and and uh, everything that is applicable to the things of God uh, have have a a moment a divine moment uh, in which they are more aligned than any other moment and uh, uh, there also has to come that time in which uh, people are forgetting, forgetting those uh, things that are behind, and and uh, they're they're just looking toward the mark of the high calling. Um, sometimes a person has to forget those things which are behind, and uh, if they are not able to do that, uh, then those things that are still mentally lingering. Uh, from the past begin to mingle with the things that uh, are are uh, trying to happen anew in the in the present, and and it keeps a person from having a, a pure energy of God. Uh, uh, the past is beautiful, and uh, but you want to bring it forth and make sure when you do bring it forth, it's not years that the canker worm have eaten that are really distasteful, bad times that you don't want to bring forth. And uh, you can um, you can remake those years uh, so that uh, those years are uh, <clears throat> delineated of those bad experiences and refreshed so that you got a new page there to work on and then you you have the time but you don't have all the the problems that happen during uh, the times that you do not want to bring forward but being cognitive of this and aware of this is is uh, absolutely essential <clears throat> ever so often i'm gonna have to just get me a little drink of water because uh, otherwise i just get too hoarse <clears throat> All right. Now, um, let's see if we can go into this in a little bit more profound way. Um, for instance, um, if um, if you could um, if you could uh, grasp this, and I'm, I know that you can, um, it, it is pretty well known by most most people that uh, when you say get into a, a telescope and you look at uh, some of the stars that uh, some of those stars, which, you know, you look at, and it's just a beautiful star in the telescope, uh, but actually, maybe a billion years ago, they ceased to exist. Excuse me a minute. Zach, on your, is a ruler, could you bring that to me? It's not right there in front of you. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, <clears throat> um, this, um, this whole thing uh, that I want to bring to you about this star is going to be so relevant in this teaching that I want to do today. It, it is just going to have such such an aspect of uh, of reality for you in this word because I think by putting in uh, the terms that I want to put it into, you are going to be able to apply it uh, in, in a useful way in looking at things, uh, perhaps in ways you have never, never, ever looked at them before. And uh, that is just uh, exactly what we're trying to do in this uh, overcoming and bringing the Word of God, uh, you know, into reality. Uh, let's let's just look at that. Um, let's look at this thing a little bit closer about the star, and let's see what I'm talking about. Let's just say <clears throat> that you you look at a star, and um, 
it's billions of years old. And um, the scientists know, and even you know, because you've been told, that that star you're looking at that you see does not really exist as a star. The light is shining through time. And <clears throat> at the speed of light, it's taking, you know, billions of years because it's so far back in the beginning of time and so uh, of the universe and so far back that uh, that when you look at it it has the form of a star it has the shining of a star and uh, uh, but but you know scientists know that uh, that it it is just not a star is 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 a picture of the star it's an image of the star that once was and um, uh, you uh, you have uh, location. Uh, uh, you you have um, you know a situation that you can uh, postulate uh, uh, many different things in in the in the the spectrum. Uh, you can um, even you know uh, uh, measure the uh, the image of the star in the sense of waves and vibrations. Uh, and there's there's a whole story. It's sort of like a uh, an ex ex exhibition uh, of, of theatron, and uh, it's quite an outstanding uh, performance. But now, let's look at this in the reality of what we want to teach you tonight about time. Now, when you go back in time, and we know that there is, according to the Bible, that happening in which it says, time shall be no more. So we're not dealing with that right at this instance of speaking, but keep that on your calendar, keep that on your plate, and understand there there is this this uh, star, and it, it has an image, has vibration, has spectrum, and uh, if you were to say, I want to go see that star, I, I want to travel there, I want to go see that star, and say that there was a way discovered which you could travel fast enough to be able to you know, get over those millions of light years and go to where that star was, there would be no star there. That star does not exist except as an image that is that is moving in the form of light through space. It's just a picture printed in space that is moving uh, through the force of light uh, towards you. And you've seen it as a star, but it doesn't exist in the form of that star that it once was. That, that is gone. It doesn't exist that way. So if you traveled over there at the speed of light, uh, or faster than the speed of light, and you got there, you would discover that it didn't exist. Now, this is the importance and, why, and, and the relevance of people understanding that when we talk about things like manifest revelation of, of uh, photo transitions and photo translations, uh, we have a photo transition of that star that we're talking about. And it is not, uh, you know, it has energy, but it's not the body form of a star. It is the appearance of a star. But but it, it, it is the appearance of a star as it is a picture. And, and it has that picture, and as it is an energy of light from that star uh, coming toward uh, you who are watching it on a telescope, say. So, when we are coming into this place of photo transitioning and photo translation, we have to understand 
that is just as real as that star is. When we create something, calling those, calling those things that are not as though they are, when we create something by this energy that we have, saying, before Abraham, I am. And we create this image, this, con this situation. That is just as real. And just by looking at this image, you can get the story of the star and even know the properties of it. And that's the beauty of the revelation of the energy dot that we teach in our, in our manifest teachings. That there is this information, this data, this incredible, uh, incredible uh, compressed uh, information that just has all this knowledge. So the Bible says to, to the angel says uh, in the Bible to John, John, when you write, write about that which was, and that about write about that which is, and that is to come. He might have said, "Oh well, how can I do? How can I write about something that doesn't exist anymore?" How can I write about the was? I, I can talk about what is now, and, and if the Holy Spirit reveals to me in the future, I can understand it as a prophecy. But how am I going to understand what was? Well, you can understand what was just as easily as you can understand what is to be. But it is a, a seer gift. And it is so important to not bring forward those things that are shameful to bring, you know, forgetting those things which are behind. It's talking about the negative things. But it's not telling you to forget about the positive things that are behind. It's only saying don't don't think about don't think about your fall. Don't think about your failure. That becomes the abstract and the reality, the true loop becomes but do remember those things that you were involved in, who you were, because that's one of the things that the whole world in this time syndrome really want to know. Who am I? Why am I here? What is my future? And those answers are all possible when you get into the, the eye of the Alpha, the Omega, that which was, that which is, and that which is to come. And so keeping this teaching in mind here of the image of this star and of the image of those things that you broadcast and that you project being equal to that because you could not go to that place where that star was and say okay here it is I found it's a literal uh, thing any more than when you make these photo uh, photo uh, transitions that you could go there and and it is a literal thing because it has been put into form of an image now, there is a point at which something can be uh, translated, photo translation. But, but that's a, no, an, you know, another whole uh, story, another whole teaching, and uh, we will, in our time, get into that, uh, but uh, not tonight. So, um, all right, so keep all this information in mind as, uh, as we're beginning to look at these things. And and let's think in terms that that there is a, a there is a, a a time parallel, and uh, in those time parallels you have both a 
a positive projection and a negative projection of time. And uh, what you really want to bring forward are the uh, positive projections of time. And uh, you want to pull that out of the time parable. And uh, so there is suspended time in which something is put into a state of suspension and not lost. Uh, it's like, you know, a person's name that before the foundations of the world were written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. That is a suspended state. That is that is a suspended state that has your name written down that guarantees uh, uh, that that you have have a heritage of of a soul, not small case soul, but but capital soul, meaning spirit soul, not not a mortal soul or physical soul, and that there is reserved in this in this uh, uh, suspension a, a bubble out of time, and this bubble out of time is. When God spoke to John by the angel and said, Now write about that which was, and about that which is, and about that which is to come, because it incorporates the whole reality of the whole mystery of God to the church, of the whole mystery of God to God uh, of God to, to the people. And so this thing about uh time being no more, sometimes that application is only is only partial that you want to apply it. Sometimes you don't want the time that the caterpillar and the cankerworm had eaten that was negative to be any more. You want that eradicated forever. You want all the time that had that had any actions in it, that had had uh, um, failures in it, that had hurts in it. You want that to be no more. You don't want to recall those things. You don't want to recall the, the the hurts that you had, so that every time you you recall call them by memory, uh, you know they it stabs you again and hurts you again. So you have to learn to recall those things which are positive, and which have positive energy, and pro positive spiritual relay uh, that is ready to be gifted by the spirit and mercy of God upon you uh, in, a, in a way that will have, uh, you know, a redeeming value. So there are things you can, you can look at and say, uh, uh, no, time is no more on that. That time doesn't exist anymore. Time is no more. And, and, and you just refuse to accept it, you know. You, you people that have uh, uh, bad dreams and they just plague you and they, they, they just give you mental scares, uh, you do not have to accept those dreams. And we're going to get into that here in a little bit. And so I won't say too much about that till just a little bit later. But uh, um, this bubble out of time in which there is the good things for you suspended and held uh, in, in a in a account um, are is such a, a relevant and beautiful truth, and and uh, how Christ is wanting to preserve that uh, uh, for you, and and uh, give you the power of, of uh, being born again from above, and those are the things that that you know ha have have meaning. You may have to go through the equivalent of a double abstract to get there. You may have to go through a double loop of networks. Uh, you you may have to enter into a discrete um, uh, choosing of things uh, uh, more profound than you have ever uh, touched on in your life. Uh, but uh, being able to express 
time in all the different factors of time, whether whether it's in it's in uh, reality or in a, in abstract, or whether it's in a subset of the genes, uh, whatever a possible algorithm uh, algorithm or synchronization that there is. <coughs> Uh, how deep it is into the data of a, a genome. Uh, those things are all, uh, in a certain sense, uh, you know, uh, just just uh, sympathetic, and 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 uh, they're uh, uh, they've got their spin to them. Uh, they've got their uh, time zones and their gaps, uh, but but uh, they they do not have to in any way limit you uh from from being able to um be a creator and and to to alter the time <clears throat> and to alter the dimensions uh and this can all be done in the state of imaging and and uh, and it that that image that you will make in this way will be just as real as that star that's up there in the heavens that people say, oh, look, that star isn't that beautiful. Oh, that's a gorgeous star. They're, <coughs> they're looking at it in the telescope. But that star isn't, doesn't exist as a, a real star anymore. It's just the message of the star that is still there. And, and, and so if the message of this is still there, then the energy of it is still there. And and uh, the fact that it's in a different form has nothing to do with taking away and stealing from you uh, the the vital essence of his reality, because the vital essence of his reality cannot be configured in in, in the physical or in the uh, physiological aspect or philosophy of the physical. That's why the Bible says the flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of heaven. If those things can't inherit the kingdom of heaven, we have to relegate them to having a lesser degree of, of appreciation and, and application than those things which are spiritual that can be inherited. And we must not ever forget that. So then how can people possibly uh, allow themselves to, to get into a state of feeling mentally lost, uh, mentally depreciated, uh, so deeply mentally hurt uh, that, that they don't even know if they want to live anymore, uh, when all of those things that they're referring to that has hurt them and has caused their, the, these problems has to do with the materialistic physical realm of which the Bible says can it, those things cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. If they were able to inherit the kingdom of heaven, you'd have the same problems in heaven as you have here. And so we just have to quit giving them, you know, uh, the respect of acknowledging them as though they were substantially, uh, eternally real. And that is so very, 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 very important. As we get into these alternate time dimensions of mind, this interchange of position and momentum, and uh, we begin to see these new dynamics and these alternate dimensions of of our of our thoughts, uh, and we are able to to move through these uh, time zones and and uh, we'll pluck out the gaps and fill those gaps in uh, with spiritual ripples. Uh, it's it's an exciting world to live in. It's an exciting exciting time. It's it's like uh you know causing the 
ancient of days of of Daniel chapter t- uh, seven ten to come down. Someone says, "Well, that's not going to happen until etc. Cetera, etc." Cetera. Um, you don't know that. You're just talking to hear your mouth talk. Um, many of these things that people need to happen, they, it can happen on a personal basis. You just really, really need Jesus Christ to come. Jesus Christ will come. He will come, come into your heart. And and that's just as real, uh, you know, because that's closer to the kingdom of God that's within you than, than uh, if he came and got up in the church you're at and stood behind the pulpit and uh, gave a, a, a speech. Um, or if he came up in the air and, and uh, you know, everything was a guess as to what was going to happen after that. Uh, you you can have these things happen, and they can fall in place in the in the various kinds of forms uh, that w- that will have the most relevance to you and the most application <clears throat> to help you. And those are just uh, beautiful things to think about, beautiful things to 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 put together because uh, uh, the 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 relevance of them is 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 profound, you know. Uh, I know the world out there right now in the scientific world, the world of physics, they're looking to find out, you know, uh, in what what is uh, uh, the secret of gravitation. Uh, Jesus was walking on the waters, uh, and he and Peter was able to walk on it for a little bit. Uh, the spirit is way ahead when it comes to knowing things, and and uh, it's thousands of years ahead. Uh, we just need, you know, to, to quit uh, thinking that we have to know these things uh, until God is ready to give them to us. And you will be quite surprised to know that God is usually um, sooner uh, ready to give them to us than most people would ever surmise. So it's uh, just uh, an absolutely beautiful thought. Now, I have people say to me, you know, they say, well, you know, the proof the proof of this is that when Israel was restored as, as, as and rebuilt as, as a nation, um, people people need to go back and check that history and see how many times that, uh, you know, Jerusalem was torn down, how many times that, uh, that the nation was rebuilt. Excuse me. And they need to be able to see that in such a way that that these things have just been happening over over the eons of time and the generations and and uh um you know people would think that you know like during uh, before the the temple was uh, destroyed by the romans in 70 AD uh, they were expecting the messiah and that's a wrong thing you know wrong thing uh that they were expecting because they were expecting the messiah to come and and be a soldier and the Messiah that came was was a, a prince of peace, and so you know they just didn't understand that, and not understanding it, they didn't know how to apply it. Excuse me a minute. Sorry, I have to be so human, but uh, uh, I'm not going to apologize about it. It's the body temple I need right now, and it's been a good old, uh, good old soldier. It just goes hours and hours and hours. <clears throat> I don't even know how it has the stamina to do what it does, and and uh, without sleep, without a lot of things, just keeps going. 
But sometimes, you know, you 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 might have to give it a little special nourishment or a little special time, or you might have to um, to cough or blow your nose or whatever you have to do to be human. But uh, that's you know all part of the time time the time times and a, a portion of the time, uh, or you know as as it's called the dividing of the times. It's part of the three holies, holy, holy, holy. And uh, and someone says, well, you mean that every one of those, that whole thing is all holy? Well, it's as holy as a holy cow is. And these cows that were used for sacrifice were called holy. And uh, so uh, there are different degrees of what holy is. They have applications accordingly. And uh, I don't think we, I, I want to get into that a subject right now. But um, it's all very exciting. And, and uh <clears throat> All right, now let me just keep going here because I've got a lot of uh, a lot of things to cover on this thing about suspended time, and uh, I want I want to really I want to really get into this thing about uh, redeeming the time. Okay, uh, turn with me to the uh, the book of Ephesians, um, if you can find that real fast. Let's just let's just look there. I want to read something to you. Uh, it'd be the the uh, third uh, the fifth chapter. Verse 16, Ephesians uh, 5, verse 16. And it says, <clears throat> let's start with 15, if you don't mind. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Isn't that what I've been talking about here, about our walk, about how that we have to think in respect to the things that we believe? It says, you know, you, says, you, know, you, you can walk... Uh, uncircumspectly, so God doesn't want that because he considers that to be like a fool. So he wants us to walk circumspectly uh, and as being wise. Uh, and then here's the verse I want to get to, redeeming the time because the days are evil. You know, now it didn't say because the days are short or because the days uh, are just about used up, but it said because the days are evil. Um, the days are evil, um, that's been going on for a long time. If you don't think so, then you have no idea of history at all. If you just want to go back and really study your history and about the wars and and all of the things that have, how people have been tortured and the awful things that humans have done to humans. Uh, you know, the, the days have just been evil going all the way back to the, the Garden of Eden. You know, uh, there's there's evil on this earth. This earth is not heaven you know uh someone says yeah but there's going to be heaven on earth well <clears throat> there is heaven on earth right now uh in the book of genesis the first chapter it said the firmament was called heaven so <clears throat> there's heaven on earth in a sense that that's part of the atmosphere but it depends what you're talking about when you're referring to heaven because there's a lot of different levels and a lot of different meanings and a lot of different applications of heaven and I think in terms of heaven, I think in terms of the Father's house, and then I think in terms of the heaven of heavens, of all heavens, the first domain. <coughs> okay. Redeem the time. Ephesians 5, 16. Uh, quite beautiful. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. God wants us to redeem the time. How does a person redeem the time? How do you do that? 
Uh, let's go over uh, a few scriptures here to Colossians. And um, let's look in Col- Colossians here. Um, let's, um, let's say Colossians um, 4 or 5. Colossians 4, verse 5. Okay. And it says, um, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. The verse before that says, that, I'm, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. There's a way to speak. There's a way to think. There's a way to bring it to light, to manifest it. And walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. This isn't just a blip. You know, this, this is, uh, is well set in into the scriptures about redeeming the time. And um, now, <clears throat> turn with me um, to the book of Daniel. I'll show you one way that you can redeem the time. Turn with me to the book of Daniel. And let's get back there to say about the... Um, let's look at Daniel 4. Daniel four nineteen. And and uh, this is quite interesting, I think, and I think you'll find it interesting too. And it's all it's all involved in time, it's all involved in mystery time. Now, um, Belteshazzar, who was king of Babylon, um, he um, he had a dream, and the dream was very interpret uh, very uh, disturbing to him, and it took away his peace, and. Um, he wanted it interpreted, and uh, you know, uh, it was very difficult to find people that could really tell you the truth and be honest with you. And um, Daniel had a reputation at this point for, you know, telling people the way things were. He had a knowledge; he had a real divine knowledge, and you can see how he did have that knowledge because within the the book of Daniel, you see how that he was visited by angels, and the angels instructed him. Well, let's read this verse, verse 19. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, um, uh, was astonished for one hour and troubled. Um, And his thoughts troubled him. And the king spake and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation thereof trouble thee. Uh, You know, now um, uh, this is is very, very important. I think I, I called him Belteshazzar. That's Daniel's name. This was Nebuchadnezzar. And uh, we want to keep everything straight. So Nebuchadnezzar had this dream, and uh, Belteshazzar, who, who was the Babylonian name given to Daniel. And um, uh, here was the incredible answer. Here is the incredible, absolutely super answer that was given uh, by Daniel. He said, My Lord... The dream be to them that hate thee, and the interpretation thereof unto thy enemies. Did you ever thought of anything like that? If that wasn't possible, then Daniel would have been in a dishonest position to have offered that to Nebuchadnezzar. He said, you had this awful dream. It really is a terrible dream. But he said, you need to transfer it. He said, let that, let that be, you know, to those that hate you and the interpretation to your enemies. Well, I believe in that. 
I believe that that there are things that we can do about negative events and about negative dreams and nightmares and 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 uh, threats and all kinds of uh, happenings that that are just you know very uh, negative in their presentations and in their environment to the mental uh, atmosphere. And the idea that you could take and you could say, uh, I don't accept that dream. Now we know that even in the beginning of time when uh, Eve had made her misdemeanor and, and, and did what she did and Adam taking on her sins did what he did, God, the Mimra, did this very thing that Daniel's talking about here. He transferred the curse, the result of that misdemeanor, the effect of it opening up this black hole, so to speak, so that that darkness would not come upon Adam or Eve but instead that it would come upon the earth, upon the ground, for their sake. He transferred it. I think a person has to be very careful that they don't say, well, I want to transfer the this dream and the interpretation thereof to my neighbor. I just hate those people. I don't think that would be very, very wise or very kind or very compassion are very full of love. I think you have to be very, very careful about that. But I think that you can transfer these things against the dark forces, against the powers and principalities of darkness. So in a sense, sometimes you'll be putting it right back from where it came. I think that sometimes you can uh, you can translate it or transform it so that it leaves in a translated or transformed um, shape, and it goes on and does things that are good instead of things that are evil. There's all kinds of possibilities that you can do with these things, but the one thing that you should not be doing if you want to walk circumspectly before God and in wisdom is not allow these things to become a fungus on you that's just building up in germ warfare within your own veins. You have the power. You have the Word of God. This is definitely Bible, and there's a lot of other scriptures to show this. Now, is that doing something about time? Is that redeeming the time? It certainly is. Because if you're going to have to spend days and days and weeks fighting some vision that you're afraid is predicting death to someone in your family or or, or is a warning that judgment's coming down on you, uh, you're going to lose a lot of time. You're going you're gonna to lose good time. And if you want to redeem the time, then you got to take charge. You got to plug into it, to it, and and you got to to redeem the time in the sense of taking 
these kind of experiences and and just turning it around. And you can do that. You absolutely can do that. Now, let's look at... Um, uh, let's look at... Um, Oh, I honestly, I think it's uh, be Corinthians, First Corinthians. Please turn with me to First Corinthians, and I want to read something there, along the same uh, line of information, because it is uh, just so so neat. Turn First Corinthians uh, chapter four, and let's just take a look at something that Paul says here that he did, and uh, how. Super important it is to know these things. Okay, chapter 4, we're in 1 Corinthians, and we'll start through verse 5 and 6. Therefore, judge nothing before the time. We're in the time. Judge nothing before the time. How do you do that? How do you not judge something before the time? We've got people out here m making judgments before the time. And in order to be legal, they're just calling it a prophecy. And then one prophecy after another is failing, and not coming to pass. <clears throat> then they have to make up some kind of a story or a lie to try to make it so that their prophecy was actually right when in fact it was just plain false. When are God's people going to step over that line? When are they going to get honest? God is dealing in this message with the church and with the people. Now let's go on here. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come. Oh, don't even make a judgment until the Lord comes? Oh. The Bible does say that we will judge angels. And I've, I know I've met people that are so absolutely weary my brain sometimes. And I have to do transferences on that. Because they're wanting to go out here and judge the good angels. The good angels. They want to judge them. Because it says that we're going to judge angels. And I'll tell Gabriel if I think he's doing his job right or not. Why has it <clears throat> why hasn't Michael been around? Why hasn't Michael been around to take care of some of these things. He's supposed to stand up, according to the 12th chapter of Daniel, stand up for God's people in a time that'll be, you know, more difficult than Jacob's troubles. <clears throat> and they're judging angels, and that's not what that's about at all. It's not what it's talking about at all. It's talking about the, talking about the bad angels that we're going to judge, not the good angels. <laughs> my, 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 my. Come on, people. And then this says, just wait till the Lord comes before you get into that judgment. It says, uh, judge nothing before the time. Then it says, I have probably the right time for you to judge would be when the Lord comes. And that means just back off and let God be the judge because Jesus is so full of, of love. He'll, he'll judge everything properly. That sort of takes some of that judgment out of you people, doesn't it? Oh, I know you'll find the scripture somewhere that makes it okay for you to go out there and curse and swear and uh, your your holy alliances and put all these conspiracy theories out and all these things that 
you are positive that it's right because there looks like some decent looking people that are saying it. <clears throat> they may be decent people, but they're ignorant decent decent people a lot of times. Not every time, but a lot of times. They are, as we spoke before, ignorantly willing. We mentioned that last week about people that are ignorantly willing to believe certain things. Judge nothing until the time, until the Lord come, who both will bring to the light the hidden things of darkness. Now, what is it trying to tell you? You know why you're not supposed to judge? Because there are things that are hidden. There are things that, that are not manifested, that you do not know about the circumstances or the persons. And if you judge them without understanding eternal justification, without understanding uh, the whole story, which you're not going to know until God reveals it through Jesus Christ, then you're going to just make a mistake. You're just going to add to the dimension of your own sins. People need to back off. They need to be, they need to be practicing love instead of practicing the art of criminality and knowing who are the criminals and who are not. If they want to go into law, they might as well put, put up their religious artifacts and go out there and join the police force. And I'm not knocking the police. There's, they're needed. But if that's what you want to do, then that, you know, then you might as well go out there and go ahead and beep. Join the army or join the police. Quit trying to be a, a, a police officer or, or a, 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 an army official and, and, uh, ready to, to, uh, go against, uh, the whole nation in which you were born. Because all the government is corrupt and everybody in the government is corrupt and, and the land is tainted and, and, uh, you know, if you, if you just hate and despise your own nation that much, why don't you seek a visa and get yourself moved to another land? I promise you it will not be very long before you'll discover what a horrible mistake you made. Okay. Yeah. Who, who both will bring to the, to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. Then shall every man have praise of God. That's how judgment is supposed to be rendered through Jesus Christ at the time of Jesus Christ. Now, verse 6. And these things, brother, these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes that ye might learn in, in us not to think of men above that which is written and no one of you to be puffed up one against another. Paul had an understanding of this thing of transference. In a figure, he transferred it to himself and to Apollos <clears throat> and took that away from these other people who were judging people. And they were judging them in two different ways. They were judging some people to be more righteous than they were and more holy and, you know, really super special people. They were just adoring them when those people didn't really deserve that. And they were also puffed up believing they had the right to be able to go out and judge these other people and condemn them when they didn't have the right to do that either. And and Paul and Paulus, knowing how utterly 
dangerous that that was to their own souls. And a figure transferred that out of the out out of being applicable to them and being upon them. He redeemed the time for those people. He stood in as a proxy for those people. He redeemed the time. That's what we need to be doing in these circumstances that are going on in the world out here. Redeeming the time. Transferring things in a figure from one place to another. Reshaping it. Remaking it. Recreating it. You can do it. If we can't believe that, then you can't believe the things that Paul is writing or the things that Daniel is writing or that the angels have spoken in the scripture is given. Wow. For years and years and years, I, we have done a teaching, you know, and in which when people have <clears throat> negative things and bad dreams, that uh, they, uh, they, they just disannul it. They just, you know, do not accept it, you know, as they're not belonging to them. They take no claim to it. You know, this is this is just uh, a, a membrane uh, energizing, and and uh, they just let that that uh, wisp of of uh, image pass on out through their mind and not be recorded in their memory, and and they become free. They transfer it in a figure. Wow, I'm trying to set you people free. This is the relevancy of time, redeeming the time. Now, turn with me to Ezekiel. I I read this last uh, week uh, or so, but this part I want to bring out here uh, has a certain relevance that I want to catch with you right now. <clears throat> Chapter 4 of Ezekiel. And I, I read this last week, I believe. And when thou hast accomplished them, lie again on the right side. Now, this is a story starting in the fourth chapter, first verse, in which God is directing Ezekiel uh, to to portray on a tile uh, Jerusalem and, and to set up a, a siege and a mount against it with battering rams made out of cooking utensils or just anything that's handy around uh, and to j transfer it in a figure and and to say this tile represents Jerusalem and and these tin cans here represent battering rams and then he said have you did all these various things and uh, and and the fourth verse, middle of the verse says, according to the number of the days, according to the number of the days, a person has to really get all this straight. Otherwise, you'll be so spiritual, you don't understand the time, and you say, well, God said that I've I've got to I've got to do this for for ninety days. I've got to lay down on one side, and 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 I I I can't I can't move, and I got to just eat laying on my side. And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you might die of a heart attack before you get through the 90 days. You, you start doing that kind of stuff that, that unless God has really got his spirit on you to do it. And, and uh, a lot of times it's not, it's not at all the way people think it is. So in verse 6 it says, 
Um, our, in verse 5, it mentions about him bearing the iniquity of the house of Israel. Wow, you mean one man bear the iniquity of the house of Israel? I wonder how many people out there are willing to bear the iniquity of what's going on. You people that are having problems with the Republican Party or the Democratic Party or the Tea Party or whatever you want to call it in the States. You people in Canada are having problems with your various parties. Instead of trying to make, you know, evil uh, conspirators out of them, why don't you why don't you bear some of some of the things that you think they are doing wrong? Because you might find out that that they're just in the trap of politics, and and that it is a, it's a, it's a very a, a winding uh, uh, labyrinth, uh, difficult to get out of. But let's go on. Verse 6. And when thou hast ac accomplished them, lie again on thy right side, and thou shalt bear the iniquity of the house of, of Judah for forty days. Wow! Lay on your side for, for forty days? I have appointed thee each day for a year. Now you talk about redeeming the time. If you could do something before God, if you could make it so that your prayers were made composite, in as much as that you don't want to just be habitually re reiterating the same prayer every time you talk to God, but you could make those words be like the rod of Aaron that bloomed and, and bore fruit. That those words that you have given and spoken to, to the God will just begin to bloom and blossom. And, and in a figure you transfer it into there. So that one, one day, now get a hold of this, so that one day is equivalent to a year. Now we know there's other ratios that are even greater than that. Like a like one day is that's a thousand years to God, but if you're not up to that that top row of ratio, because that's how a thousand years you know a day is that's a thousand years a thousand years is a day to God, but you're not up into that. Here's something that you could possibly get into: one day is a year. That's a lot. That's incredible. That means that things could happen for you that could take years to happen by just spending two or three days in a special type of of a figure of transference and putting those things in that perspective, you can begin to affect the energies so that things begin to change because you have the right to redeem the time. And you can take three days and you got three years. Work on it for five days. That's not you're not even got a week in yet. Work on it for a week. And you've got seven years. Seven years in a week. I'm not talking twenty four hours. Just talking a day. You get the a a, a day of time. 
you walk in the light, Jesus said, you'll not stumble. Ladies and gentlemen, God is raising up a new mind in this day and age. There's many, many incredible scientific things that are getting ready to happen. In every field of science, it's going to, the whole world is going to change with all these new, new scientific creations. But God wants his people to be right on par and, and, and above them by getting into these revelations and being able to to move in these revelations in in, in the beautiful ways that 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 God uh, can have it so that people people can can move it's just absolutely precious and it's absolutely beautiful wow so uh i better i see i'm starting to run out of time and uh there's a few questions i didn't get to finish, uh, you know, last time. Uh, let's see if I can go over one or two of these questions uh, and get a couple more in here or so. Um, here's a question. What happens to the spirits of the Ophanim after their first foray um, into human bodies if they don't overcome and before they go into their next body? That is where our spirit and what is it doing? Well, that's the whole revelation that I've been preaching on about, you know, Abraham's bosom. There is this place of intermediacy. And we know in the book of Peter, uh, to those people who were disobedient during, uh, sometimes during the flood, that there was a, a place of uh, cognizance uh, in which Jesus during the time uh, of those three days in which he was in, entombed, he was able to, by his spirit, to go down into uh, the place that the, perhaps the Catholics call purgatory, but we call it Abraham's bosom. And, uh, and these, these people are there. Uh, there are other places, other abodes, but let's just deal with these people that are still in transition. They're still uh, working toward their overcoming, and uh, and and they may go into this uh, abode just like it was with when Jesus went down. And he preached to these spirits, and they were able to understand him. They had mental cognizance, and they were spirits. He called them spirits. They didn't say they had bodies. They had spirits, and he talked with them spirit to spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, that is how that works. There is this place, and 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 even if if you were in Abraham's bosom, and on Earth, a thousand years passed, it wouldn't even like be a day. You wouldn't have even been there hardly a day in Abraham's bosom, because the time application and differentiation is so absolutely different. So I hope you follow that, and you're getting it. So that's where the spirits go as they're waiting uh, to uh, fulfill the, the scripture that says every person will get two things. They're guaranteed. They're going to get a time and they're going to get a chance. And if they live a life that doesn't fulfill the time, they're going to get a chance to live another life until they fulfill the time because that's the guarantee. And that's what makes everything equal 
so that every human being has the same equal chance that they have equality, whether whether they're Jew or Greek or, or, or whatever uh, nationality, whether they're bond or free, they're all going to get this chance according to the Bible, and it's and it's it's equality. Everybody's going to get an equal chance to have their time and to 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 have their chance. Okay, so that answers that question. Let's go on to the next question. Um, how does the transition how does the transition occur from ophanim souls entering bodies uh, uh, to no ophanim souls entering human bodies um, I think what the question really is about is um, how's the transition going to happen uh, in our manifest doctrine that we teach when the time, times, and a half times is finished, and all of the ophanim that are going to be redeemed are redeemed, and then there are and have been these new uh, creatures, uh, new persons that look just like like humans, like us, uh, but they do not have souls, uh, spirit souls. They have body souls, but they don't have spirit souls. And how is this transition going to occur? Uh, just as, as simple as uh, as ha having uh, having babies. Maybe you wouldn't consider that that simple. But 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 uh, they're just going to you know give birth and they're going to have intelligence and uh, and they're going to have um, you know acquiescence of many things. Uh, and uh, but they will they will not have uh, a, uh, a a spirit soul uh, later. Uh, Satan will try to convince them that he has the power to give them a spirit soul, and he tried to, uh, you know, take them away uh, from being possible uh, persons of of, of conversion uh, to uh, eventually um, being able to have souls and and to be uh, brought into the kingdom of the first domain. Okay, now the next one here. Uh, let's is a little more. Complicated. Um, it says, "What happens to Lucifer and other demons after their destruction by God in Angel War Three? Before the heavens departing like a scroll, which signify the end of this universe, which I assume to be the Lake of Fire. Well, what what happens to them? Okay." Um, this is a very, very deep, expansive uh, subject, and uh, <clears throat> it might take the rest of my time just to explain this. Uh, I will have to get into another teaching eventually on it, and get into real deep scriptures and all that with it. But I, I give. Let's just let me just talk you through it for now. One of the things that that uh, people do not understand, they they just do not understand. And that is that um, there are many, many angels that were co-owned into Satan. Or, I shouldn't say into Satan, into Lucifer before he became Satan. And the way it works with these various archangels and these various kinds of groups of angels, like the seraphim and the cherubim and the ophanim and the many other kinds, 
the seal of him and many other kinds of angels that there are. Uh, we're specifically, though, dealing with the seven groups of angels, which are the seven spirits of God. That is, a, the spirit is a, is a, 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 a singular plural. That you have an archangel. And because everything is eternal, that archangel is not going to die. So that archangel is not going to get replaced have to do something really out of line to get to lose his position. So what occurs is as these angels become uh, over eons of time equal in their degrees of, of perfection uh, to the archangel, then they are able to co-own they occupy the same space within the archangel so that they become one with that archangel. And over the eons of time, uh, an, an angel, uh, archangel could have uh, hundreds and thousands of other angels that were occupying the same space and become co-owned. And that's how it was with Jesus Christ as Yahweh or Yeshua in the, uh, in the Father. He was one with the Father. And but then the Bible says that there was a special uh, altercation of rules allowed, uh, so that he was able to come out of the Father, come out from the Father, and to become a, a, a super um, human entity uh, to to uh, you know do the work that he had to do uh, in in uh, salvation. So Lucifer having. Um, being a archangel had many many uh hundreds thousands of of co-unings with other cherubims so people do not understand this they don't have the and there is scripture for this but i can't get into it tonight because i don't have the time but i will in the future but what happened here is that you have the Ophanims who who failed, who were failed messengers because they were they were following um, Lucifer because they had been put under his command by Yahweh. And although they should have looked at it and made a a, a, a difference of opinion, uh, and they failed to do that. Uh, they were forced in order, order to overcome the folly of their mistakes to come down and take uh, bodies of, of matter. They needed to take bodies of matter because angels are just so terrifically intelligent that they can figure out how to work around almost anything. So the only way it could be fair for an angel uh, who had made a mistake, who had made a folly, who had failed a mission, uh, to have a chance to overcome that mission would be to not be able to remember his intelligence and remember who he was and remember all of his angel powers. So they came down here to this uh, this land of, of forgotten uh, memories. And, and, and they take these bodies and they don't remember who they are. And so the revelation has to come through, you know, manifest realization. This message has to be told to the people who they are. And Jesus says, you know, you are gods. 
That's who you are. You are gods. John chapter 10, you are gods. But you're, if, And Psalms says on the same subject, you're gods, but if you keep going on like what you're doing, you're just going to live and die like, like humans. You're not going to have the relevance. You're not going to have the application. You're not going to have the, the benefit of who you are. You've got to come to, the, to an acknowledgement and an awakening of the truth of who you are. Now, there's that group. They're Elohim. There's a division between that group. A group that said, yes, I will accept taking on the body and going into matter because I want to be restored to my openness. But there's another group that, you know, Lucifer convinced him, oh, you don't want to give up, you don't want to give up your memory. You'd be like an insane person in this beast body. There's another way to do this, and I'll teach you, I'll show you, I'll help you. And so they didn't go along with it, a large majority. And then there's another group. There's the cherubim angels who were co-owned with Lucifer. And when Lucifer came down as a, as a single entity, he came down as a, as a compound at one. And that compound at one was full of all kinds of other cherubim angels. And they became, you know, his, his, his demons. Those are the same demons that came down. And, and let's take chapter 6 of, of, of uh, Genesis so that we don't confuse this. We had something going there, two things going there. Number one, the sons of God, which were the offspring of, of, of Adam, that, were, that began to marry the daughters of men, which were, the, which were human beings that did not have souls, souls human beings. But these, a group of these, of these cherubims, and this story is actually told in the book of Enoch. And there's other other there's there's other scripture even in the Bible. They possessed some of these people that did not have souls. And they lured them in the mind and they teased them in the mind to use their daughters to lure the sons of God. And it was these same cherubim co-owned demon angels of Lucifer who taught those people how to do war, taught them how to do blacksmith, taught them about minerals, taught them about music, taught them about how to build incredible architectural things. They're the ones that taught that. They were had possessed these soulless humans and began to have a big effect in their in their thinking and in their minds by their possessions. So you have two different kinds of watcher angels. And the scripture is absolutely emphatic about this. 
you have the watcher angels that are the considered in the evil group, but you also have a group of the watcher angels that are in the good group. And they're mentioned in the Bible. And they're not bad angels, they're good angels. So you have a division of those groups. Well, people out there that are not understanding all of this, they're just trying to group everything into one lump. And all the the fallen angels are evil. And all the watchers are evil. And they just don't have the story. They just don't have the relevance. They just don't have the revelation. They just don't have the manifest. And that's why I'm, I'm here preaching this word. And teaching this word. So people can come into this understanding. Why when the war took place with Lucifer and, and, and the seraphim angels in heaven. That talks about in the 12th chapter of Revelations. I can tell you right now that there was a group of cherubims that were co-owned with, with Lucifer that came out and stood positions and warred with him. But they still lost. They still lost that war. But they are co-owned with him. That, you know, that, that is something beyond anything. That's not just unity. That's not just fellowship. That's a merging that happens. And it's an incredibly powerful thing. Very difficult to understand in human, human definition. So these are all kinds of things that are part of the teachings that lie ahead that uh, we want to bring people to. You know, <clears throat> Jesus said in Luke seventeen twenty six, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. It's very interesting that the Lord, again, sort of reaches back. He reached back and said, Before Abraham, I am. Here's another reaching back where he is aligning the times. And he says, as it was in the days of Noah, it's going to also be like that again in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. There is such a revelation there. There is such a story there. I could preach on it for hours. It's so beautiful. It's so relevant. And there's a reason that he said that and he put that into his depiction because without knowing those things, then you are blindly trying to read the Bible. You're blindly trying to understand the revelation. Because the angel said, here's how you've got to do it, John. You can't just write about what is and what is to be. You've got to write about what was. You've got to be sure you have that understanding, that revelation, because this whole book of Revelation, this apocalyptic revelation, It's about the why that it is, the what was, what there was that was in the past that has to do with what is in the present and how it's going to affect what is in the future. You've got to know the past before you can ever know the present and understand it or the future and understand it. And so there's an alignment of the times in which not only are there alignments sometimes of of a place on earth or a place in a heavenly place that a person is supposed to be alignment of of place or an alignment of time 
There really is. I know I have lived in places, in in geographies, in, in, in a city or a town, that I was definitely aligned there. I was meant to be there. Everything was right. Everything aligned. And I know that there is that same importance when it comes to understanding this in the spirit of knowledge. This thing of being aligned in the spirit of knowledge is so very important. To understand that which was is that which is, and that which is is that which is to be. That's Bible. Very deeply Bible. Over and over and over and over is mentioned again. And you'll find in our writings that a lot of times that we talk about the tribulator because we personify tribulation to be the tribulator. And if you don't do that, then you you miss Bible scripture and you miss relevance of really what the tribulation is about. And we speak of it as the tribulator. And, and uh, some of those insights are absolutely prevalent to come in into the deepest kind of revelation you would like to. Now there's so much more that I did not get into that I would like to get into. I'd like to talk about punctuated points of, of suspended consciousness <clears throat> and how a soul is awarded to a soulless energy, to a soulless entity, and many other things along that line, but I'm, I've run out of time. And I'm going to have to sort of bring this part of things to a close. Tonight I'm going to do something different. Rather than actually have a Gentile session, I want to talk to you about this thing of, of transferring and this thing of, of being able to take and um, transform situations. <clears throat> I believe that if I could get enough of you people that are listeners to dedicate some days of concentrating on certain changes that would be beneficial to mankind, that would reach out to the poor, the hungry, reach out to those people that are unjustly imprisoned, to those people that are being tortured, reach out to those people that are under the consequences of terrible depression, that we as a, as a group, it doesn't have to be a big group, if we had at least 10 people, we could take and concentrate and a, a day for a year. And what I like to do is create a group of people. And what I want you to do that if you have listened to this message and you are interested, I want you to write me, Jerry Lee, on my email, all lowercase, Lee, L-E-E -E, dot Jerry dot O at gmail.com lee.jerry j-e-r-r-y dot o at gmail.com and say I want to be a part of this this group that you're putting together for the special power of 
transference so that I can have a part in doing something about how the world is suffering and how things are happening just like Jesus said they always would. You're always going to have the poor. You're always going to have wars. You're always going to have men's heart failing them for fear. You're always going to have suffering. This is not the beginning, he said. No, he said, this is not the end, pardon me. This is not the end. He said, this is just the beginning. Ladies and gentlemen, write me. Lee.Jerry.O at gmail.com And let's turn things around. I believe in this kind of empowerment. May God bless you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. And may healing be a spirit that hovers over you as an angel. And in his love and in his everlasting arm of love, reach down and touch you and heal you, making you ever with whole. We love you so much. God bless you.